better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Monday episode of the show. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and every part your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Kyle, what's up, man? Hey, what'd you do this weekend, man? You know, I did a lot more than I was anticipating. Oh, what happened? And you know, this guy, I just was going to Top Golf with my wife and some friends. I'm sitting down, and all of a sudden, it seems blurry. But as this man approached me, it became very clear that it was Kyle Krabs. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I Dude, I got got, man. Surprised, surprised you on, uh, on for your 35th birthday. I got Chris, got for sure. Chris, we came on to do the live stream or the uh, the Friday show recording on Thursday night. And I'm like 12 hours from getting on a plane to fly down and surprise Joe at Topgolf. And I, I'm the last one in, and you guys are already on the call in the pre-show, and you're talking about Topgolf. And I'm like, this is phenomenal. <laughs> so then I, you know, I bury a little thing in there. Joe's like, yeah, we got, we got this new one right by our house. And I'm like texting Joe's wife, like simultaneously, like, Hey, can we make sure that you guys go to the same one that I'm showing up at? Because if you don't, that would suck pretty bad. Um, so I'm, that was multitasking in the pre-show, but yeah, flew down on, on Friday, surprised Joe at top golf. We played some top golf. I hit my sand wedge. Like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. I didn't hit anything else good, which is typically how it goes for me. So I- but the big takeaway, Kyle, you and I it's both the drivers. Did no, we did something historic at Top Golf. I called my shot. I said, I'm going to hit the cart. You know, the little thing that goes uh, around and picks it up. You, He's probably yeah. 100, 110 out. You, you said, did? Was it moving? Was it moving? Okay, wait. You, can you just hold that thought? I'm sorry. Come back to that. Come back to that, Shub. I said, I'm going to hit the cart. Made sure everybody was aware I called my shot. Dude, I dumped it right square on the right top on, of the car. Right. Like, if it didn't have a roof, it would have knocked the driver out. Like, dropped out. As J.T. O'Sullivan would say, he dropped that ball out of a helicopter. <laughs> Straight down. Boom. Drop it in the bucket. It was so phenomenal. Then, so then, Kyle gets up there. He's like, I'm going to hit the cart. And Kyle hits the cart while it's moving. He puts it in the net in front I of it. I put it like in he, the net, like, like <laughs> let it, like it was dropping it into the back pylon on a corner route in the end zone. It was unreal. So unreal. we both we both call our shots and hit. The, although yours was more impressive because I understand it was staying still, but you hit it on the first shot and you you KO'd that driver with the ball. Yeah, I felt good about it. So. Uh, we had I had a more eventful weekend than I was anticipating. It was awesome. Uh, thanks to Kyle and my wife for that surprise. Birthday 35, I'll tell you. It, um, I didn't think this was a big milestone, but a lot of family and friends went in to make it very special. So thanks Great. to everyone, especially Great. Kyle here. So. Wonderful. Uh, I mean, I, I just when you think Julio Jones is the biggest story in the NFL coming out of the weekend, I, we had to get that out of the way first. But uh, he's Chris is mortified that we spend four minutes talking about that. You guys could do the whole show on it. I don't care. Whatever. (laughs) 
Uh, Chris, how come the downloads are down this week? <laughs> well, Joe and Kyle talked about Top Golf for the first 20 minutes on Monday's show. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> the day after Julio Jones gets traded <laughs> to the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Most pressing news is Joe and I got to hang out this weekend. That should have right. been a really that should have been a really strong day for you guys. What happened? Well, you see, guys, we talked about top golf top golf for 18 and a half minutes, and then we spent seven minutes talking about tight ends. So Julio got traded for a two and a four for Julio and a six. Uh, the four is a future four. The two is this upcoming year's NFL draft. Obviously, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, on Chris, I think we may need to pull up playoffpredictors.com and make a, a record adjustment for the Titans uh, on the live stream this week. Duly noted. We will take care of that on Thursday. Great. Terrific. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I, I certainly wish he was playing defense for him, right? But he's not. So – you're really excited about the offensive weaponry yeah. there. And Anthony Ferkser sounds like he's going to get a long, long look at tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got AJ Brown and Ryan Tannehill has good chemistry with Anthony Ferkser. So I don't say that in any other way. And like that should be viewed as, as a good thing for the Titans, even though they lost John U. Smith. Uh, but you have Derrick Henry, you have the running game. You have Ferkser who has good chemistry with Tannehill. And now you've got AJ Brown and Julio Jones. You know, I think it's easy when moves like this are made to, ignore the significance of the move and say, well, is he going to play right tackle? Is he going to rush the passer? Is he going to play corner? Right. You know, like, okay. They double yeah. down on the strength. Right. So they also had a big hole at receiver and they addressed it in a, in a great way. So let's kill your main, fantasy team though. Keep that. Listen, keep the main thing. The main thing, Julio Jones is a significant addition for this passing offense. The biggest, the, 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 the statistic that is number one, in the NFL, in correlation to wins, is scoring offense. All right, so the most significant thing that you can do correlatively, if that's a word, don't, should we don't say think no. so. I don't think so either. <laughs> New ever- for everybody else, courtesy of Joe. The most significant thing you can do for your football team is increase your, your points scored, and obviously Julio Jones does that for Tennessee. Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk a lot about that on the live stream tonight. Um, but we have some scheduled content that, that is actually quite fascinating. And I think Joe and I are going to be in a great deal of conflict with this position group. We have stayed relatively chalk through the first three of these Frankenstein's monsters build the best blank prospects since 2018, based on what your impressions were of the players as they were coming out of the NFL draft. So no benefit of hindsight, even though Joe applied that to wide receivers, Last week, like a real schmuck, um, that, that was very clearly something we agreed we weren't going to do, uh, but was done anyway. And um, you know, I got on and said, man, this sucked. And Joe's like, no, nah, this is pretty straightforward. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really fascinated to see because you can't use the same guy more than once. That's the big challenge. Otherwise, it would be Kyle Pitts for about half of them. <laughs> TJ Hawkinson for the rest. Move on with our day. Thanks Correct. for listening. <laughs> Yeah, I've listening bar. to draft Thanks. dudes by a built bar. Uh, but that's not how it works. We can only use them once. Going back to the 2018, 19, 20, and 21 NFL drafts are impressions on the players as they were coming out, not once they've been established in the league. So here we go. Let's do it. 
I believe this is where I step in, gentlemen, and I yeah, give you uh, the, you the traits. You are correct, sir. Uh, ten of them, as always. Uh, for those of you new, maybe didn't listen to the first three versions of this, I say the trait. I count down three, two, one, and on the E in one, the two gentlemen say the name. Normally, I don't hear one of the names. I ask for it to be repeated, and then the uh, the the breakdown commences. That's normally That's how it goes. Hopefully, hopefully, we can keep that trend here going today. Your first trait. Here for building the perfect tight end again, can only use players once from the 2018 to the 2021 draft is hands. So hands on three, two, one. Dallas, Dallas Goddard. Oh, yeah. let's go. Dude, do you remember when we were at the senior bowl before anyone ever heard of Dallas Goddard? Well, Nobody was, heard of this guy. It was John Costco, right? No, Jordan. Uh, Jordan Poucher. Oh, Jordan, Jordan Poucher. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, guys, you've got to see this catch. You've got to check see. out. She's like, check out this dude. And I'm like, Dallas come on, like, you don't South just go Dakota up to state. You, you just go up to people it. with your phone and like show people a highlight. Like in in this context, I'm like, bro, we've we've seen a lot right. of football in this plays. in like, this industry, right? right? It's like it's like okay, it's a highlight, whatever. Let's see what you got. Nice to meet you. I want to show you this Dallas Goder play. First things first, brother. Insane well one-handed it. grab, and they, yeah, it, it lived up to the high expectations that I had for somebody. Hey, it's good to meet you. We enjoyed Twitter interactions. Uh, here's my phone. You got to watch this play. It met the expectations that I do had you, for somebody doing that. Do you remember the other one from him when they ran the tunnel screen over the middle of the field? Or, I'm sorry, not the tunnel screen. It was the, like the, the middle, the mid screen. And he like kind of just ran this shallow in and just folded right behind. But the quarterback, he was at three yards of depth beyond the line of scrimmage. And the quarterback threw it as though he was 20 yards downfield. I mean, just he airmailed this sucker. And Dallas went up mid-stride, skied like he was getting a, a rebound off the rim, one-handed, caught the ball, like palmed, meted the ball like he was like snatching it out of midair. And uh, Lance Zerline shared that tweet. And I remember that that video and him being like, Goddard's got some Spider-Man skills. And it was the perfect analogy in that it's like you should not physically be capable of catching a football on that trajectory while you're not square to the ball. You're not catching the nose of the ball. He caught like the middle of the ball with one hand like he was going up, picking it up off the rim. It's amazing hands. And this was this was one that I'm like, yep, Dallas Goddard. I think you have high expectations, coming. right? You're like, oh, is this a one-time thing? Does he just make these plays all? No, once he, well? he does it oh. every game. He just catches it all the time. Every, every time. game. Yeah. Every game. Second trade up, route running. Three, two, one. Third Mark burner. Andrews. Okay, Chris, who did you get and who did you not get? I didn't get Joe's. I got yours, Kyle. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> it's because he – okay, go ahead. Joe, clarify you had Jay Sternberger from Jay Texas A&M. Sternberger, Texas A&M. Uh, former Kansas Jayhawk, now a, a current member of the Green Rock Bay Chalk, Packers. Baby. Rock shot. Brother can run routes, man. He can run routes. I loved his ability to run routes with leverage, to never tip anything, and he was seamless in and out of his horizontal breaks, man. He ran that bench route so nice. Like, nobody could stop him. And, um, you know, I, I, I just he, – he's the guy. I mean, there's a lot of good options here. Yeah, and of course I don't have Mark Andrews on my list, so it, it's going to be a, a wonderful day for uh, for that. Yeah, so I like Sternberger. That was a big thing that popped out for me with him. So 
Sorry, I had to take a little sip, cool off from that hot take on leaving Mark Andrews off your list of the 10 tight ends to build your best receiving <laughs> or tight end prospect. Uh, so Mark Mark always had that little bit of savvy to him. Um, obviously, he came from a wide-open offense uh, that asked him to do a lot in the passing game. Uh, so you felt good about his projection, and it was more of the the pleasant surprise that he was able to capture such a big all-around role once he got to Baltimore and hit the hit the ground running uh, with his opportunities. But I think about about Mark, he's not the, the biggest, he's not the fastest, he's not the most dynamic, he's not the most explosive, but he constantly draws linebackers and safeties in coverage, and he constantly won his routes. And that Oklahoma offense allowed him to showcase a lot more than your standard college tight end. So that for me was like, I got to make sure I find a spot for Mark Andrews. I feel good about him at route running. I always thought he had that savviness about him. I'm putting him here. Versatility, your next trait. Three, two, one. Irv Kyle Pitts. Okay. It was just a question of where you were going to put Kyle Pitts, right? <laughs> yeah, so I have a different spot, but... Yeah, I mean, there's about four other spots from here on out, whether it's you know ball skills or rack ability or big play ability. You name it. You you yeah. could put him in any one of those spots. For me, route it was – I think about how route running was already taken care of and you didn't put him there. So you definitely didn't put him in route running. I'm just saying you could have. It was an acceptable Jackass. place. So Pitts, for me, you think about – and this was talked about. He's capable as an inline blocker. Uh, he's still building onto his frame a little bit, but he's shown competency there and, and willingness there. Uh, but a guy who can win routes lined up with his hand in the dirt, off the ball, uh, as a sniffer, in the slot, as a big slot, on the outside and perimeter, running routes against J.C. Horn and press, like, press coverage. Like, There's nothing he can't physically do. And because of that all-world ceiling as a player, this felt like the best spot to put because you could literally ask him to do any one of those things in the NFL, and I would not bat an eye. I wouldn't ask him to play in pass protection 25% of his snaps, Yeah, but he's shown competency with his hand in the ground too. Irv Smith, Alabama, uh, Minnesota Vikings. That's my pick. Blocking in-line flexed, route running in-line flexed. You could do some H-back stuff. I I thought – in terms of above average ability across the board as a blocker and receiver, this was a good spot for me to fit in Irv Smith. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Next up, competitive toughness is your next trait. Competitive toughness. Three different names through three different traits, so I'm pretty impressed, gentlemen. You guys have not uh, tied one yet. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You Dallas Goddard in the first one. Sorry, sorry. My bad, my bad. Competitive toughness. Three, two, one. TJ Hawkinson. That's eh, a good answer, too. 
I, 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 did, I miss Joe, so Joe's going to need to say his again. Josiah Beguara, Cincinnati. Uh, watching him play, I just thought he was an elite competitor. And whether That's it was a good answer, get, getting after people in the you know as a blocker, sometimes as a lead blocker, as like kind of a fullback type player, competing with the ball in his hands, uh, tracking people down when interceptions are thrown. I think that's one of the plays that really popped. I believe it was against UCLA where Cincinnati threw an interception. Like they were right about to score, like inside the five yard line. And DeGuara from across the field just hauls ass and chases this guy down so that he doesn't score. And so everything you see him do is competing at a high level. And so to me, that was a name that really popped for this. Put a dollar in the swear jar. I think you have a dollar in there today already too. So, uh, TJ Hawkinson, the ability to finish plays, uproot players as a blocker and really play with a tenacity in the dirty work dynamics of playing tight end, which is a lot of times is very difficult to find. Um, and the, the power that he brought to run blocking was kind of the sell for me to put him at competitive toughness. Um, and, and even with, with the ball in his hands at the catch point, you know, so it, it, competitive toughness extends beyond just being a good blocker. Obviously we have blocking skills as our next trait to, to tackle. Uh, but it's, it's about effort. Like Joe talked about, it's about physicality in all phases of the game. And Hawkinson, he's, he's, body and multiple dudes like at the catch point and winning downfield and uh, he's bullying linebackers and defensive ends in the red zone as a, as a drive blocker, like all those things for me, it was like when I thought who's the most, who's the most smash mouth tight end since 2018, TJ Hawkinson was the first name that came yeah. to mind. And that's why I had to put him down. Next up ball skills. The next trait that I have listed here is—is is it ball skills and then blocking skills? It is, yeah. Kyle, I didn't okay. mean to throw you under the bus. No, there, but yeah, Mahalo, balls, that's good. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, ball Mahalo. skills and then blocking skills. Uh, so, ball skills up next. Three, two, one. Kyle Hayden Pitt. Hurst. All right. So this—the reason I pick this spot for Kyle Pitts is, I, we call this guy a unicorn and alien, what what have you. And I think, I think why we say that about him has a lot to do with his ability to go up and get the football and extend his catch radius. And even when there's people near him in tight areas of the field, he just gets the football. I mean, just like a touchdown machine at Florida. It was red zone, throw it up to Kyle Pitts. Nobody can stop this guy. And so I thought this would be the best place to really accentuate what I think really makes Kyle Pitts special. So this is where I settled on putting him. Okay. Uh, Hayden Hurst, for me, my selection, obviously, was uh, tight end one in the 2018 class, drafted by the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, some of the things that I had written down for him, uh, contested catchability, catch radius is massive. Uh, former multi-sport athlete, works like a power forward to box out defenders, uh, subtle with hand fighting to jostle for position while reading the ball in the air. Uh, hands, terrific concentration and hand-eye coordination to adjust to the football. Hands are soft to cleanly haul in passes. He set school records uh, as a receiver at South Carolina, and uh, you could tell he was just really natural. I mean, the guy transitioned from playing baseball and was a pitcher to being a tight end and to, to be a pegged as a receiving tight end where, like, 
usually the guys who are playing something else who come in and succeed at tight end are the guys like the next name on my list uh, for blocking skills, which is next. Chris, can you confirm? Okay, I got the thumbs up. Great. So we'll talk about that when we get there. But it's the guys who are asked to like come over from the defensive line or offensive tackle and just be like, yeah, just block that dude on the end for us, right? Like those are the guys that transition to tight end and have a seamless transition, not a former baseball pitcher who got the yips and comes yeah. in and, and all of a sudden it's this, this <laughs> dude who is setting records at South Carolina for receiving. And um, obviously he's, he's carried those ball skills over to uh, the NFL level. And that's been great to see him continue to have success. And then obviously starting in Baltimore and then being traded to Atlanta. And uh, for me, it was, it was the ability to track the ball and adjust his body and win at the catch point And the subtleness that he brought to those phases was what gave him, ball skills for me next up football iq are no i'm just kidding no, I'm good. sorry sorry Bo- blocking skills next up here three Time two Time okay out. go ahead go ahead joe has your name been provided yet no oh i'm excited we might have the same one here okay blocking skills three two one will disley, will disley. yes ah. this one was very cut and dry Former defensive end, right? Right. Kick that. So oh, the dollar. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you go ahead and keep talking? I want to see if you can rack up more money in the swear jar. So uh, why don't you uh, keep talking about Will Disley uh, being like a, butt, said, a butt kicker. Converted defensive lineman. Like 270 pounds, man. He just – a dude moved people against their will all game long. And a very unproven – receiving threat although he has he had some nice flashes in college but he still got drafted pretty high because of that blocking ability and he's found some production as a receiver in the nfl when he's been able to stay healthy but i mean this guy just didn't care that your family was in the stands he was going to put you on your butt and and he was fun to watch anything to add kyle or can i move on to football (laughs) iq can we start a legit swear jar no. Sure. Done. Done and done. Shuby's excited. He wanted what, this. What are we going to donate the funds to? Um, we'll I think pick we a all cha- have good. We have good options for that. We'll pick a charity or something that we can. We, yeah, we'll, but put we'll, the money we'll do. Towards. We'll do a swear jar or yeah, something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Very good. We well, have to define what goes into the swear jar too. You know, like. Yeah, we'll have a list. Yeah. All right. We'll have a no-fly zone. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, you, you know how what, what was George Carlin had the seven dirty words. We'll have the list of words that you can't say on draft dudes. All right, okay. well, we'll have a oh, list. And, uh, and can they be tiered? They can. can they, so, 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 so higher up will cost you more if you use yeah, a certain. It's but, five bucks in the jar. Yeah. But I'll make a conscious decision. Like, I'll drop an f bomb for charity. That's fine. Like, nah. I'll do it. <laughs> it's it's the excuse. I like what we've built right. in here. <laughs> right, right. It's good. It's good. Uh, cool. Football IQ. Next up on our list, three, two, one. TJ Hawkinson. Cole Komet. All right, so I went TJ Hawkinson, and I'll, I'll give you an industry secret here. Um, we talk about the same football players a lot to different people, okay? And so because of that, you kind of have your talking points that are built in that naturally come up the 87th time you talk about that player, but to a different group of people. So. Correct. Obviously, Correct. in that draft cycle, you got asked. You got asked a lot about T.J. Hawkinson, and I remember the built-in talking point that I had for Hawkinson was 
He's a classic inline tight end with all of the ability to be the modern flex move piece tight end. And in order to do that, it's very difficult because the reason why tight ends are so slow acclimating to the NFL is because they're learning how to play offensive line and and receiver simultaneously. And that takes time. But TJ Hawkinson checks every box to do all of those things. And even at Iowa and, and so far into his time in the NFL, he's been able to lessen that curve and produce. And I think that's because not only he's physically gifted, but because he's smart enough to be able to fill all of those different roles and do so at a meaningful level. So I chose Cole Komet, obviously coming out of one of the uh, would we say Notre Dame is on the short list? Yeah, they're not. They're a, not. They're not tight end Q, right? No, but they put a guy they, in every year, right? They have a very respectable track record in recent history of of tight ends being and that being a pipeline to the NFL, right? So, um, even it was like this year was Tremble, then it was Komet, and then I think the year before that was Elise Mack, right? Was he twenty nineteen? He These was 20, all recent. <laughs> he, he, he was 2019, and then 2018 was Durham Smythe. So, like, they, they've legit had a tight end drafted for, like, four consecutive years. It's a really nice run for uh, Notre Dame in the tight end position. And Kmet was kind of the guy who – he was tight end one in that draft class, and he didn't get in drafted in the first round, but I think he went to Chicago at 50. Uh, but it, it was for me about he did everything well. And I, I guess this was like if you're grading guys on a 10-point scale, I don't know if I'd have given Cole Komet a 10 on anything, but I also don't know if I would have given him like a 7 on anything either. Like he's just – he's rock solid across the board. He's got a very high floor. And uh, that, that kind of felt like a natural, whether it was run blocking or pass pro or receiving or finding holes in zone coverage and having good awareness and, and being a part of that pipeline, all those things combined, that's, that was the selling points. Kyle, it all makes sense now. Uh, the reason you were so curious about whether or not my grasshopper cookie built bars had arrived was you were wanting to make sure that there was going to be one for you when you came. You know what? This that's past- the joke is I, I, I don't think I had one, did I? You did this uh, when I took you to the airport on Sunday morning. It was, I think, your breakfast that day. No, we talked. I had, no, we I, had, had I, had, I had a coconut one. I no. deliberately did not eat any of your grasshopper cookies because I know you only got the sample box. Yeah, but I, I you could have eaten them. I, there was I, I understand no that, but I ate my whole sample box. I'm sure in, you ate one on the way to the airport. No. We had the conversation about the like the the powdery topping. Yes, it but it was on the coconut almond okay. bar. All right, all right. Well, uh, the thing about Built Bars is they're, they're all delicious. delicious. They're the yeah. best thing ever. They're amazing. Chocolate first on round every pick. Single bar, soft, easy to chew. Great for anyone who's health, health who's health conscious. High you calories, lose weight, low in sugar. Yeah, high protein, weight, low, high in fiber. Uh, good thing we have a special for you. Uh, BuiltBar.com promo code locked fifteen will get you fifteen percent off your next order. That's locked fifteen for fifteen percent off at BuiltBar.com. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for twenty years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts. From hundreds of manufacturers, they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. 
The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. Three more traits to go, gentlemen. Rack ability, I believe is how uh, this next one is pronounced. Yes? Rack Run city. Catch. Rack, rack city. Yeah. I, know what it, I know what it means. I just didn't know if there was, you know, a different it's pronunciation. For the people, Chris. For the okay, people. sorry. Rack ability. Three, two, one. Brevin Jordan. No fan. Okay. Brevin Jordan. Oh, oh Brevin Jordan. Yeah. Over Noah Fant. Okay. Yes. Brevin Jordan averaged eight yards after the catch per reception for his career. And that was because ex- everything he caught was, it in the was flat. an ascending number. 8.9 in 2019, 9.3 in 2020. The reason that they want to give him the ball in the flat is because he's good after the catch. He knows how to turn it up. He knows how to see the field turn and make good cuts and break tackles. I can't believe you're offended by this choice. I mean, it's no offense. Don't, did you use no offense for one of the other two categories? I know you didn't use him for the next one. I'm not going to tell you. I, I, I spoiled the Mark Andrews thing. Is, I'm not is, gonna, my, is, is my guy really going to leave Mark Andrews and no offense off his list? I'm going to be mortified. Wait, for just wait. If, that's, if that's what Oof, actually happens, just I'm going to be completely devastated. But, you know, look. I can't believe you're offended by this choice. You, you're going to leave Noah somebody Fant off. at Iowa, 6.1 yards after the catch. My guy had an extra two yards after the catch per completion. It's all about usage. Usage. Noah actually ran routes down the field. Oh, let's see here. Let's see if we can pull that average depth of target. Do you want to talk is about your, your producer? Your producer working on that for you or what? What's he going is. on? Uh, yeah, he's working on it. All right, cool. Let's let's talk about Noah Fant and his, his average depth of target. I know I watched him run by Ohio State cornerbacks on the outside. <laughs> I bought you. I don't know if I'm to be able to pull it. I don't know. Oh, so. well, that's F in the chat. I guess that means it's just you we found it. Oh, you, I got it. I got it. And I don't know the 10.6 for Noah Fant for his career. Okay. 10.6. All right. Okay. So now we can pull Brevin Jordan in real 10. time. 10.6. Yep. Chris, what are you setting the over under on Brevin Jordan's at? 7.2. Where do you think it is, Kyle? Uh, I'll go 8.5. 7.8. Oh, <laughs> oh he was after three yards per target. Oh, what a great choice I made, Joe. <laughs> this is – no, this is – okay, so he gets – I still get the extra two yards. Can I get an F in the chat, please? No, this isn't an F in the chat moment. This is dumb. Okay, let's let's move on. I'm done. That's I'm fascinated. I, I'm, Noah fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm fascinated to see what you ended up picking for pass protection. I got the right answer. I feel good about it. This is one of my favorite answers I gave. Okay. I, Kyle, did you? I'm I'm sorry. Did you give analysis there? Do you want to give analysis? Noah fan. Yes. He's like a <laughs> before Kyle Pitts. He was one of the unicorn athletes at the tight end position, and he can run directly by you, uh, and, and he can also take passes in stride. 
and break pursuit angles. He's a phenomenal A1 top shelf athlete. He's just not uh, Kyle Pitts level athlete. And I think Kyle Pitts is going to ruin a lot of these um, dynamics of looking back on guys with their athletic skill sets for the next couple of years. And that is what it is. But uh, don't sleep on Noah Fant, the true athlete, um, because he is super dynamic. And you saw that at Iowa. Uh, I, I think if you took the average of both of our answers, depth of target plus yards after catch, I think they were right mm-hmm. in the same ballpark. So, you know, at the That's end of fun. the day, um, Joe didn't give a bad answer. I'm just giving him a hard time. Pass protection. Three, two, one. Dalton Schultz. Foster Moreau. You know, yours is a good answer, too. Yeah. I like uh, Dal- Dalton Schultz is a good answer as well. That's yeah, a good Dalton Schultz out of the Stanford offense. Um, did a lot of the uh, the classic traditional tight end stuff over there, and a lot of that was being a pass protector and having like legitimately sometimes true pass sets. And he was very good at that. And I think that declined a little bit this year for the Cowboys, but I think that's probably because Blake Jarwin went down and he had a lot more on his plate, but his first couple of seasons in Dallas, he was a good pass protector as well. So um, this was a name that I thought about. The other one that I consider was Durham Smythe, uh, but I think Foster Moreau is another good choice as well. Smythe was on, on my short list as well. Uh, it was either that or blocking skills, but I don't think he's as uh, electric, if you will. Uh, but Foster Moreau was one of those guys who was really under the radar a little bit um, just because of his usage at LSU was so non-impactful in the passing game. But mm-hmm. he ended up being a really good athlete, too. Like, he mm-hmm. ran four six. Uh, he had a 36-and-a-half-inch vert. He was over 10 feet in the broad. And he did that at 250 pounds, and he had nearly 34-inch arms. I got my, my write-up on him, so I can, I'm able to rip these things off. But the best trait that I had listed for Foster Moreau was pass protection. Uh, what I had written down here, uh, joke's on me, I didn't actually have that as a category back in 2019, but I did have uh, power to F- point of F- attack. chat, please. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Functional, functional strength, secondary anchor skills, initial push off the line, effective anchor in pass pro with bend in the hips, hinge, and ability to hold firm. So he did, took plenty of one-on-one opportunities, according to my notes. And for based off what I remember from him at LSU, he really flashed in all of the complementary phases of the tight end position. Joe's traditional guy with his hand in the dirt. Uh, and the traditional... Uh, blocking, not a guy who, and, and like he didn't even get out in routes all that much. And that was the the knock on him is it's like, okay, well, he's actually a better athlete than we think. And that's kind of exciting because that taps into his athletic potential. But where's he at right now? Because they didn't use him in that capacity. So I felt really good about pulling back on that name just because remembering watching and studying Foster Road, those were the dynamics about his game that really I, I retained the most. Here we go. We've built this up like a pro wrestling feud. We've built it up. We've built it up. We've built it up. We've gotten here to the last category, big playability. Is Joe going to make Kyle probably leave the oh. the recording session by not having Noah Fant listed here under big playability? Well, so- he's, he's going to have somebody egregious left off either way because my guy I thought was a pretty cut and dry answer too. And it's a guy that I- Joe, it's a guy Joe and I talk about all the time. 
You better not. After the conversation we had this weekend. Big play <laughs> ability. Three, two, one. Noah fan. Mike Kosecki. I can't believe you did this. Joe, it's about what our impressions were of them as players before they came into the league. So I could sit here and tell you the statistic that Mike Kosecki's broken one tackle in three years in the NFL, and that's a legitimate statistic according to Pro Football Reference. He never does anything after the catch at all. But it's not about just after the catch. You think about the Penn State offense when Joe Moorhead was there and what they did. And like Chris Godwin and Mike Gusecki legit got Trace McSorley drafted because all he would do is unleash YOLO balls down the field, could not give two Fs, two S's to the wind, because I'm not trying to do an early head start on the swear jar here, Chris. I see you writing writing stuff down, making notes. I didn't cuss. Uh, That was the entire offense. And then Mike, the ball skills, the high point ability, the contested catch skills, he ran 4-5. He is his combine coming out of the, that 2018 NFL combine was one of the most statistically impressive workouts for any player at any position we have ever seen. Do I think it's all functional? No. But his style of play, the Penn State offense was literally just F it. Mike's down there somewhere, just throw it up. And like Mike would win it all the time. So yes. I did put Mike Gusecki down. Do you think it's fair to say that Mike Gusecki is the football player that you and I talk about the most together? We have the most, I wouldn't even call it debate, but there's like healthy discourse and conversation. Like (laughs) what about, what about this with Mike? What about that with Mike? And like, yeah, he's, he's one of our most frequently talked about players regardless of team. Where did you have Noah Fant, Kyle? Was it? Run after catch, Billy. Oh, yeah. Good choice. Um, Where was the spot where you thought I was going to have him? Noah Fant? Yeah. Uh, Wasn't there a spot? Run run after catch. Okay, so that's where you got all fired up. Okay, that was recent. So, yeah, big playability for Noah Fant. Kyle talked about his ability to win after the catch, but also, like, he's a legitimate vertical threat too. He puts a lot of stress in the middle of the field to work the seam. And you know, you don't you probably don't have a guy that's big and fast enough to run with him down the middle of the field. And so it's it's the it's the vertical receiving skill set. It's the yards after the catch. It's the rare athleticism that translates to making big plays on the field. This was uh this is where I tucked him in and um I, I can't believe you did you doubt me? Like if I didn't put Noah Fan here, there wasn't unless I went get with Gasecki and there's a recency bias based on the conversation we had this weekend because I was ready. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I I was I had a conversation with somebody where I said Mike Gasecki's the best tight end in the AFC East. And like, you know, the other person's like, Well, what about John New Smith? I'm like, Well, John New Smith is is a nice player, but Gasecki's the one that has like the size, the length that ability to be a true like vertical middle of the field threat where you, you you just it's hard to defend that type of guy because it doesn't matter if he's covered. With John U. Smith, a lot of his production does come after the catch in a lot of ways what we talked about with Brevin Jordan. And so Correct. for me, it's like, okay, who's the scarier guy to play? What's well, Mike? 
But then we had this, like we had the conversation this weekend. So this was like a hell of a pivot for me. You know what I mean? Coming off of me feeling really good about my so process. If I, hadn't, if I had not come down and surprised you this weekend, your answer would have been Mike Isecki yeah. on big playability. I don't know that it would have been, but I, I wouldn't have been surprised that you picked it because and then, yeah, I mean, you were talking, you were talking about, well, yeah. And he had 55 yards of yak on some 70 yard recatching again, 77 or 70 yard catch against San Francisco. And like, mm-hmm. uh, almost every percentage of his yak for the yeah, season he, was a he, one play. He had two third. He had one third of his yak on the season came on one play. It's unreal for a guy that had 700 yards. The fourth, was he three or four in the tight end receptions? Or uh, I, think was, I think it was fourth and he had 156 yards of yak out of 703 yards and has not broken a tackle in two years. Yeah. I still feel good about my answer, but I think we just have to acknowledge that Mike Gusecki is a unique player with a weird skill set. It works, but not necessarily exactly how you think it's going to. Well, and that's why <laughs> uh, I think it was Kevin on social media yesterday yeah. was like, Kyle's just bracing himself for Miami to not bring back Mike. And like, it feels like I've said this to you on this weekend. It, it feels like they're getting ready to fade Mike Gusecki because he's going to, he takes 70% of his snaps from the slot. He's going to command probably ten million plus per season if Jonu Smith oh, and Hunter ten. Henry. Yeah, and there's sure. there's no 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 shade to either Jonu Smith or Hunter Henry, but those dudes got twelve million dollars per year in a cap regression of like fifteen million dollars. What do you think Mike's going to get when the caps back up to like two oh six this year? Uh, he's thirteen, fourteen. I'm sure, right. fifteen maybe. Well, I'd hope he doesn't get 15 because that's top of the charts. It's like Kelsey's 14.8 and, and Kittle's okay. 15. So he's probably a 12, something like that. I'm, ex- right? I'm expecting between 10, 10, 11, 12, 13 million dollars for Mike Isecki. And it's like he plays, he plays slot receiver is what he plays. And there's nothing wrong with that. But for Miami to go out and sign an H back and a wide tight end, this offseason, amid all their other needs, it's like, okay, writing's kind of on the wall here, right? You think, but then if he goes out, let's say he goes out and has 800 yards and seven touchdowns and is one of the top right. five most productive tight ends in the NFL, again, with Tua, and Tua takes a step, are you ready to take that away from him? You know no, what I mean? You, you won't, but you'll let Durham Smythe, who's also in a contract, you're wrong. Then you lose a great pass blocker, Kyle. No, you, you lose a guy who's... <laughs> A replacement mm. level player. And, no, for sure. Or, but that was a joke. And works his tail off. Conversation. I yeah. get it. Well, I get listen. it. So Hunter Long, I'm, right? Yeah, Hunter Long almost made my list. For what? Football IQ. A good spot for him. Yep. I mean, it was that was one of the the sticking points for me. I'm like, eh. was there anybody you felt bad other than Andrews that you left off? <laughs> Uh, I had, I'll tell you the one change that I did make, I had Tommy tremble originally under competitive toughness. I switched it to Josiah DeGuara. I felt bad leaving Jalen Samuels off versatility. Uh, well, uh, if you think he's a tight end, then yeah, he's the most versatile well, tight end. Right. And yeah. he was, he was at one point. Um, I kind of wanted to get Trevon Wesco in there for one of the blocking traits I thought about him out of West blocking. Virginia. Yep. Oh, Chris is the happiest he's ever been as the producer of this show. Uh, Kyle Waring. 
and Josiah DeGuar were both two that I would have loved to have found spots for somewhere. It just was like a numbers game, and I ended up trending a lot more. I was surprised how much I trended towards early draft selections. I was like, this is one I'm going to have to dive deep to find find some boxes to check. But, like, I don't think I had a single guy that was outside the top 100, uh, or that's Foster Moreau, maybe. I don't remember where he was drafted. Uh, my biggest surprise is that we both found a way to get a 2020 tight end and it happened to be a different one because that was kind of a weak year. I mean, we didn't have that was a brutal year commit at 43. The next one comes off at 91. I mean, that's unheard of for tight ends. Sorry. So, um, Foster Moreau was 137. So he was my guy that got outside the top 100. Next one is offensive tackles. We doing that later this week, guys. That's going to be Wednesday. Oh my goodness! I'm going to start working on that one now because that's going to be a Bam. that's going to be an exhaustive process to come up with a list that I feel the best about. But we will do it for each and every one of you who listen to the show, and we've had great listenership this off season already. We appreciate everybody who tunes in. We appreciate everybody who checks out the live streams. We have takes on takes tonight, seven thirty on the YouTube channel, the Draft Network. So make sure you check it out. Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino and Chris Schubert. Thanks as always for listening to DraftDuce Podcast. Enjoy your Monday. Hope to see you tonight. And if not, we hope to talk to you tomorrow.